I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Thursday, January 23, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. We had a pretty interesting day out here today. I've got a lot of notes, therefore, I've got a lot to discuss because there's a lot of stuff under the hood of the market that we can draw from. The market is telling a story. The question is, what is that story and can I convey it to you? Let's start with the obvious and then we'll drill down. So nothing's changed from a daily chart perspective. Still in an uptrend, nothing technically wrong with the market. Let's talk about yesterday's candle for a moment. We did talk about yesterday's candle and we also talked about the fact that it lacked volume. Therefore, it really wasn't a bona fide reversal candle. Doesn't mean the market won't reverse. Doesn't mean yesterday won't be the high. It's just not a bona fide reversal candle. All right, let's move it along and let's drill down to see exactly what happened today. Let's pick apart the intraday activity, but we're going to start with the daily chart. Why? Because the market went to test an important area. There's a number of important areas on the chart. There always is, but we're going to focus on one in particular. Every single day we talk about breakout areas, breakdown areas. Market likes to go and test a specific breakout area. Well, breakout areas come in a variety of different flavors. Let's talk about this one, for example. So we have a gap that was not filled. So the gap is at 328.19. So the market kind of edged higher, but sideways, kind of a little of both. And then it gapped higher. Once it gaps higher, that's kind of a line in the sand from a support perspective. So what we're going to do is we're going to take the low from the 16th, which is 329.45, and we're going to identify it. From a daily chart perspective, you can see pretty readily available, that's what the market did today. It went down to test an important area around that 329.5 zone. Now we take a look at an hourly chart. You see the same horizontal trend line, you see the same number, and you see what happened. What they did was went down to run a test to where the market gapped up to which ironically enough matches up with another important number, which we'll get to in a moment. But first, let's go back to a breakout area. So what I mean by the gap up is one day, this day, on the 16th, the market gaps up and then goes from there. Now they've come back to test where the market gapped up to, which is in fact a breakout area. Now, if you want to call this a breakout area also, which would be filling the gap, that's fine. It's just a different number in a different spot. The nomenclature really doesn't matter. What matters is the market continues to do the same thing over and over and over again. Let's go a little bit deeper. This is right out of the course, Lazy E-mini Trader. Look at the first candle of the day. The first candle, the first hourly candle right here is in fact a tail candle. It's a tail candle with something else, another component that's taught in the course. Then the market did something else that's also taught in the course. Traders had something to trade against. Might have looked scary, might have looked like they were going to break the lows and go down to fill the gap. But in a sense, traders had something to trade against. That's the objective. But there was more than that. But wait, there's more. 
There's always a method to the madness. Now we're inside the numbers, and I want you to focus on two numbers, 3307, this is on the S&P E-mini, and 3303. These were put on the board long before the market even opened for business. You'll notice how there's nothing in between 3307 and 3317, although the market certainly was in that neighborhood. So when you go to the intraday and the pre-market morning commentary, you'll start to understand that we had the market pretty much lock, stock, and barrel. We know what our important resistance is, and we know what the important support area is. Underneath those important numbers is a big fat round number of 3,300. We know about that. It's a psychological number. It doesn't always mean it's an important number from a resistance or a support perspective. The chart will dictate that, but it is always a psychological number. The big fat round numbers, 3,300, 3,200, 3,350. It's a half a big round number. There's a method to the madness. I want to show you the intraday commentary. You should pause the video and read it for yourself because you'll notice that if you're trading intraday, then you should have this tour guide at your disposal. This is absolutely a tool in your tool belt to know what the market's doing, what the highest probability thing is that it's going to do next. Not to mention the stocks on the move, the important numbers, all the other stuff that's contained inside the numbers. As we go through the morning session, you'll see how the market unfolds. I'm generally as active with this commentary as the market is active. If the market is quiet, there's not much to say. If the market's active, I'm going to tell you everything that I see moment to moment. When things change, you change. That's why you have to be willing to be as fluid as the market is going to be on any particular day. It's the main reason why we have to throw our biases out the window. Again, you should read the commentary. You'll see how I view the market intraday, what I'm looking at and why, whether or not you're trading it actively that particular day or not. You could be in stocks. You could be looking to enter a position from a bigger time perspective. If you're active at all in the market, this will help you bar none. As we get closer and closer to the close of the day, it becomes obvious what's going to happen. And ironically enough, we went right back to what is, was, and still remains an important number around that 33.25, give or take, area in the S&P E-mini futures contract. Since we're on the topic, let's discuss the S&P E-mini futures contract, and there's your horizontal line that matches up with the same area that we had on the SPY chart. You'll notice on the daily chart, there is no gap, so it looks different. Speaking of looking different, we're going to look further at the daily chart and compare and contrast the SPY to this in a moment. First, I want to finish the thought on the 3302 general zone. Here's your pit session hourly chart. Now it looks just the same as the S&P 500 or the SPY chart. We're talking same numbers, same general theme. And then from an intraday perspective, and whether we look at this chart or we look at the SPY chart, it's really one and the same. You can see what happened after the gap down in the morning, and you saw from the market commentary throughout the day, we were eyeing the opening range high. The opening range high in this case happens to be 330.81. 
under normal garden variety market conditions, you're going to find resistance on a gap down at the opening range high. What happened today? You found resistance at the opening range high. After they went down and made a higher low, and then yet again another higher low, the writing was on the wall, it was stated in the commentary, and therefore there were some traders that hopped on board, made some money in the afternoon as well. Now let's get to the compare and contrast thing I just discussed. So we have the daily chart of the SPY, we have what looks like a high yesterday and a potential reversal. We have a low today and a reversal, an intraday reversal. So basically over the last couple of days, the market didn't really go anywhere. So what's it really doing? It's just going sideways, eating time off the clock, allowing what? Allowing the 20 period moving average or also known as home base, a chance to creep higher toward price. Price crept a little bit lower today and then bounced back. This is eating time off the clock in a bullish market, in an uptrend. This is what happens when they're setting up for higher prices. They run a test, which they did today, and they're essentially just going back and forth, eating time off the clock. Let's compare and contrast this to the E-mini chart. Again, it's the same routine. It looks slightly different, but how do you argue the fact that this right here is essentially a bull flag formation. Where you want to draw the pole from is up to you. It doesn't really matter. It's just the concept of what the market's doing at present. At present, the duck says the market's going to push higher yet again. Staying below yesterday's high is a different story. Getting above yesterday's high is obviously a sign that we weren't done yesterday. And by the way, that would be a sign right out of department Captain Obvious. What do we see when we look over in Camp IWM? It's pretty interesting. We see that 20 period moving average. We see a reversal today. We see a tail candle. We see a market that went down, was rejected from lower prices back in the northern direction, had a nice intraday reversal, and finished basically flat on the day. Pretty good recovery for the IWM. Was it just another test of the 20 period moving average, or is it something more? We don't know yet, but the 20 period moving average isn't nearly as important in the IWM as it would be in the SPY. Why is that? Because we've been riding the 20 period moving average already in the IWM. We're nowhere near the 20 period moving average in the SPY. If we came into the 20 period moving average, that would likely be support. But when you're riding it and you're trading back and forth through it multiple times, then you pop up and come back into it. It doesn't have the same effect if you haven't visited it for a long time. Now today, grant you, obviously something had an effect. We can call it the 20 period moving average. I'm just giving you the scenario using the 80-20 rule. The majority of the time, if a moving average was cut through back and forth over and over again, it just diminishes the importance of the moving average. I'm not taking anything away from the type of action we saw, the price action we saw today in the IWM. That was good price action off the lows. What's going on down at the transportation department? Similar to same routine as the IWM, only better by a magnitude. Let me explain why. First, it did the same thing the IWM did with the 20. This did with the 50 period moving average. Okay, fair enough. But that's only part of the story. We know the 
Transports is my second favorite market leading indicator, but yet the first favorite canary in the coal mine. Go back to the commentary that you read or didn't read, which you should read. You'll notice we were talking about the transports early and often. They were a canary in the coal mine. They had a nice reversal. They all of a sudden scratched their way back to even. That was a tell. Even before they got to even, well before they got to even, that was a tell. Here's the hourly chart, and this is what you call a no-joke reversal. Huge tail, heavy volume, continuation. That's the market's way of telling you something. You have to take it at face value. If it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, it's generally a duck. Today, the transports were duck-like. And I'll tell you what also happened. The Johnny-come-lately shorts that shorted into the gap down got ducked by the transports. How do we have to read this right now? Right now, again, the duck would say they're going to run up to in the vicinity of the breakdown candle high, 11,200 and change. That's where there will be under normal garden variety market conditions overhead resistance. Now, being the umpire, what's the other side? What does a failure look like? A failure looks like below today's lows. That would be a colossal failure because of the reversal. So if, in fact, we woke up to another gap down and they got below today's lows, not only in the transports, but across the board, that's a lookout below scenario. That's also the market's way of telling you something very, very clearly and concisely. For example, hourly close below today's lows, look out below. How about the cues? What's going on over in Silicon Valley? Same routine. They filled a gap in the cues, took off to the upside, finished near the highs. That's everything and anything that on its face is bullish behavior. That's the duck. The 80-20 rule says it's bullish. Higher prices are coming. The 20% would be another gap down tomorrow morning. Anything doing in the XLF worth mentioning? Not really. It was the same thing that happened across the board in all the markets happened just like it did everywhere else. It happened in the XLF. They did not even get to its 50 period moving average, which somewhat coincides with a breakup candle low. This is really where they stopped this breakup candle low. So it depends on how you want to define a breakup candle, but we don't in this case even have to. This is a swing low considered a pivot low. Therefore, they went down to test a low. Happens all the time. How about the SMH? Good old smash mouth. Anything to talk about here? It's bullish, leading the tech sector in the upward direction, up 1.5%. Nothing bearish on this chart whatsoever. The duck is bullish. Classic teachable moment. Little bit of a short hop. Want to talk about Tesla. It's always in the news. Let's talk about Tesla. This is right out of the course, lazy e-mini trader. You have a tail candle and one of those signs and signals of a trend change. You have a retracement today. You go up roughly about halfway up the tail candle and then come back down. Does it mean Tesla is going to collapse or not? It doesn't mean anything. Again, we use the 80-20 rule in an effort to decipher what's happening in the market. So we know the majority of the time, when you see a setup like this, you can trade it against the high. What does that mean? Well, yesterday's high was exactly 594.50. In concept, I'm not telling you to short Tesla. I'm just saying, could a trader be short against a chart that looked like this against the high, 594.50? And the answer is yes, 
until and unless you got a daily close above that number, then you have to cut and run because they're going to pop it over 600 and who knows where they'll go. Just look at a monthly chart, for example. It's a little redonkulous. It is kind of a blow-off top to a degree. Not to a degree. It is a blow-off top in the making. You just don't know exactly where the top's going to be. Did we see the top? Is the top higher? It depends a lot on the market. If the market's going to continue higher, likely Tesla's going to continue higher too. How sustainable is a move like this? It's basically going up in a straight line. It's not sustainable. And when it does come down, it's going to be ugly. It's going to come down hard and fast at some point. But that's going to be along with a crack in the market. It's not going to likely come down on its own without some kind of news event. They could certainly have a news event among themselves, but just recognize, regardless of what anybody thinks, it's in an uptrend until it's not, but it is very, very far away from home base. It's basically 100 points away from home base. Now, you can find other charts that look like this, and then you can take all the stuff that's taught in the course where you can learn the rest of the setups and the patterns and all that stuff. You can take charts that look just like this, and build a business out of it. Notwithstanding Tesla, I'm not saying what's going to or not going to happen with Tesla. We're using the chart as an example for a teachable moment. Let's check out something else. We'll talk about Netflix now. Look at that $23 move today where they got shit canned after earnings and all of a sudden everything's fine. I find it fascinating. Has nothing to do with earnings. It is what it is. Today was in fact, at least in part, a short squeeze. So it's pretty incredible. It's in an uptrend. They had a bad day yesterday and all of a sudden reversed. That's not the point. We can pick apart all the reasons why. We can discuss the reasons why. We can have conspiracy theories as to reasons why Netflix did this. And you can see what happened. Looks like it's melting away. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it takes off to the upside. Now, you obviously can't see that coming. However, what you can see coming, at least... Using the 80-20 rule under normal garden variety market behavior, what's it doing? Where's it going? What's the objective? Well, here's what you can say you know is the objective. Whether or not they get there is a different story, but this is what they're trying to do right now. Since they got above all these highs, there has to be another area that they're targeting. There has to be a destination. So we can scroll back on the daily chart and find it. It's a lot easier just to go to the weekly chart and let it hit you like a ton of bricks. There's a big breakdown candle. Where are they going? They're going to the breakdown candle high. Now, whether or not they get there, again, is up to Netflix and it's up to the bulls to get it there. But if they get it there under normal garden variety market conditions, that should be resistance. How do you use that information? Well, if a trader's willing to ride Netflix up there, or if they're long Netflix, that's the exit point. That's where you're going to run into resistance under normal garden variety conditions. Could it blow right through? Yeah, it can, but that would be in the 20% camp, not the 80% camp of the 80-20 rule. So could there be 20 bucks to the upside in Netflix? Absolutely there could. What's the ride to get there? Who knows? It could be a rodeo ride. What's the line in the sand? 345. You don't want to close down below 345 on a daily close. Otherwise, that whole discussion we just had is in jeopardy. Above 345, they're good. And with that, folks, I'm going to tell you how much I appreciate each and every one of you. You know, without you, these videos are not possible. So I thank you for tuning in. I'm going to pull the ripcord here. 
I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.